1: Listening to Militantly Mixed.
0: I would like to acknowledge that the Militantly Mixed podcast is recorded on the traditional lands of the Chumash and the Tongva people, and I wish to pay my respects to the people of those nations, both past and present. Hey, y'all, welcome to Militantly Mixed, the podcast about race and identity from the mixed race perspective. I am your host, Charmaine, aka Mixed Girl Maine, the. Busiest mixed race, bisexual, polyamorous, atheist, comic book nerd, cat mom, mask making, Gulf Coast, cosmos, comic book co owning, Asian American Podcasters Association's Golden Crate award winning podcaster in this podcasting gang. Uh, This is episode 124, and yes, I did drop two episodes last week. I was kind of catching up from taking a break a couple weeks before that, doing the follow up episode 122 from the rerun episode of 22, I am the color of water with Jesse Daner, the continued conversation about his biracial transracial identity. Now that he has met some of his biological relatives, I have gotten some DMs and some emails about this, some of which I've been able to share with Jesse and talk to him about. Uh, so I say that to say, I actually really love getting messages about particular episodes that impact y'all. One, because it gives me an idea of what sort of narratives you crave, what you want to hear, what helps you feel like you're less isolated or you're, you're less alone because an episode of Militantly Mixed, someone shared a story that spoke to you. Uh, Another thing that I love about it is being able to share those messages with the guests and say, hey, like, I want you to know you've impacted people and and here's what a person said. And I don't share the name unless people ask me to do so. I usually just share a paraphrased version of the message or print screen if I'm able to cut the name out. And I know that that's meaningful to the guests who have had that kind of connection before. I say that to say it's important to share your stories on this show, but it's also important to share what stories affect you because when I'm able to share that with the guests, it's really meaningful to them. And it's meaningful to me as sort of the arbiter of sharing that information. So keep that going. Uh, and I'm sure that if future questions pop up related to Jesse, I could totally reach out to him and and he'd be willing to, to talk some more about it. Um, while Jesse is not the only transracial adoptee, biracial transracial adoptee that I've spoken to, so far he is the only one who's had an episode and a follow-up episode. Uh, I do have a couple more of these kinds of conversations coming down the pipe with people who I've connected with as a result of either being guests on their podcast or they heard wind of this episode and they reached out to me. So we'll hear a little bit more about this. But if you also are from a similar upbringing situation and you would like to talk, uh, head on over to militantlymixed.com and click on that be a guest button. Um, I haven't started booking or new interviews for February and March yet, because I'm still trying to clear my current banked episodes. So if you've been putting your information in there. You haven't heard back from me yet. I I'm just not there yet. I will, I will catch up with you as soon as I clear. I think I have about five more episodes to clear before, um, I need to start recording again. So that's a, that's going to happen. It's going to, it's going to happen soon. Uh, I do just want to say before I get into today's episode, there's a, a few, a few things that I want to mention. One is On Jesse's episode, I happened to mention that there was poor audio quality in different places and that there was these high-pitched squeaks that I acknowledge not everybody would probably notice unless I brought it to their attention, but I got a couple messages about this, so I just need to explain my deal. I have a thing called misophonia, which means that a certain sounds trigger a response in my brain that makes me feel a little bit crazy. Um, uh, it's a real thing. It's Googleable. Um, so for me it's metallic sounds or it's clinking or it's repetitive noises. I, and it makes it really hard to edit podcasts sometimes because sometimes those things are present. And in the moment when I'm hearing them, I can't really think rationally. Um, I'm laughing because it's just such a goofy thing to have. So I'm laughing because last week I spent so much time in the intro talking about the sound quality that was so horrible and how I was apologizing about it. And I got a, I got messages, multiple messages about like, did you upload the wrong episode? Because like I heard no sound, no problems. There was, <laughs> I didn't hear the sounds that you were talking about. And so I just felt like I needed to explain that weird thing, because I didn't realize other people weren't picking up on what I was hearing. And that is just because I have this insane sensitivity to certain sounds. So in the moment when I was recording, I had just gotten done editing. And so it was still like very much in my brain kind of making me crazy. So if you heard them, you're probably like me and have misophonia. So if you hadn't heard of this before, you can look into it so you can talk to a doctor about it. There's nothing I can, that's really can be done. You just have it. It's just a thing. Um, you're not going to die. It's fine. Um, if you didn't hear it and you think I'm crazy, fair, because you probably don't suffer from misophonia. And if you heard it, but it didn't bother you, that's awesome you don't have misophonia. So that I just say that to, to clarify anybody who thinks I was a little batty last week. Um, I was cause there was a sound in the background that was making me feel a little crazy. All right, moving on. Uh, also <laughs> in another series of Charmaine is weird, uh, for those of you who Follow me on Instagram. My personal Instagram, mixedgirlmain. That's not a that's not a bad injury. It's not a new injury. I am I was on a crutch for a couple of days last week because I was a dancer when I was 21 and I was hurt and so I I was hurt in such a way that I couldn't get surgery for it, but it was bad enough to hurt me all the time. So when the weather changes or something like that, my knee gets really swollen and it's really hard to walk on. So I use a crutch as just a you know, just to stay off of it for a couple of days. It only lasts between like two, two to four days and then I'm back to normal. I didn't think about that when I posted it. So I also got messages about like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're hurt. Is everything okay? And I, yes, I'm fine. It's not a it's not a new injury. It's an old injury. And the barometric pressure changed in LA like abruptly overnight. So my knee swole and it was really hard to walk for the first day, definitely the second day a little bit. And by the third day, I was off the crutch. So thank you for your concern. Sorry that I'm goofy. Uh, maybe I should have explained it a little bit better. Okay. And uh, I do want to shout out some new Patreon sponsors that we got over the last week. You know, I did talk a little bit about the importance of Patreons and and how it helps me keep the show going. Uh, so in response to that, I think we got a couple of new sponsors. I want to shout out Dodie and Carly uh, for your new support of militantly mixed financial support, and then I also want to shout out Nikki for increasing. Their sponsorship of Militantly Mixed. Um, You can sponsor the show on either a monthly or annual basis with Patreon. Both of those things can actually be really helpful. The annual sponsorship is a new thing that Patreon just introduced at the end of last year. Basically, if you support the show on a month-to-month basis, that's great because that helps me pay the month-to-month bills that are associated with the show. The hosting and the editing software and all that. But the annual sponsorship so far has just freakishly timed out at the right time when I have an annual bill that comes due like the website or the email hosting and uh, so we have right now we have a mix of annual sponsorship and monthly sponsorship and both of those things are helpful the difference with the annual sponsorship through patreon is that they give you a discount for like if you say I want to donate a hundred dollars for the year I think they'll only charge you 90. <laughs> but they'll count it as donating $100. I don't really know how that works because ultimately I only get the 90 through Patreon, but it's a way that they're, it's something new that they're trying and, and it's, it's also been helpful. Um, and if you want to sponsor the show, but you don't, or can't commit to a monthly or annual sponsorship, you can go to paypal.me slash mix and sponsor the show that way. Um, both places, the money goes into the main hustle media bank account and supports the production of the show. And okay. So there's one thing I do want to, Put out there, but I don't know enough information about it, so I'm I'm saying that I that I'm aware of something that I don't have enough information about. Um, but I wanted y'all to be aware that I'm aware. <laughs> If that makes sense. A couple of weeks ago, a listener reached out to me to say that they had heard there was something related to the dropship company that I use for the militantly mixed logo T-shirts, uh, Teespring, uh, that they that they were involved in some way, shape, or form, or connected to the insurrection that happened at the U.S. Capitol at the beginning of January. Um, I have tried to research this, but I haven't actually found that many references to it. So I, right now, I'm standing in a place of Ignorance. I don't have enough information, but the listener was concerned related to like wanting to wear a logo shirt and support the show and feel good about being their mixed ass selves, but also concerned about supporting a company that would be willing to support an event like this, which I agree with, um, When I hear that someone supports Chick-fil-A or Hobby Lobby, knowing that they actively put money into anti-LGBTQ plus laws and, and such like that, I definitely don't want to support them. Or if I'm supporting a company that ends up finding out some sort of, uh you know, racist and or sexist or, you know of any kind situation, I like to try to pull myself out of that too. In this case, I I don't have enough information yet. A combination of not having the time and and what things I've looked up hasn't been uh, clear. So I'm I'm putting it out there to just say that someone's made me aware of something. I'm trying to look into it. I don't have enough information yet. But uh, wanting to be mindful of it, I did pull the Teespring link from the show's website, militantlymixed.com. There was a Teespring tab. While that store is still currently open, I just pulled it from the website for now while I get a chance to uh, try to research that issue. And then I have put up um, a couple of shirts that are also through a different dropshipper called Printful. Many of these dropship companies do produce their products outside of the US and therefore there might be different issues that I'm also not aware of related to that. So I'm saying that to say I did pull the link for Teespring pending me trying to figure out what's going on with them. If I find that there's nothing or nothing I can find, I will make it accessible again. But related to Printful, I also don't know. I don't have oversight on on what um, their issues might possibly be or any of the dropship companies uh, that I've worked with in the past. Uh, But I do hope that whichever one I find or choose is, you know, not doing any fucked up shit. But as of right now, I just don't have enough information. I'm just putting it out there to say that I'm acknowledging the issue. Um, I just don't have enough information yet to, to speak on it any further. If you happen to know more about this and can share some info, that would be really helpful as well. But yeah, I, I wanted to acknowledge it at least because I'm, I try to be really mindful about stuff like that, but I just, I couldn't find anything. Um, okay. I think that's it. Let's get on to today's show. Uh, I'm really excited about this episode because this guest is a whole vibe. <laughs> like this person just makes you feel happy when you're talking to them. My guest today is Jason Alba. He is one of the co-hosts of the Squeezin' Lemons podcast squeeze apostrophe and not a g um the original host of this show ginger and it's currently still co-host was on militantly mixed back in 2018 and jason took over the co-host position of squeeze and lemons uh, i think last year and so the first time i got to meet jason was when i was a guest on squeeze and lemons in december 2020 in which we were talking about kamala harris and our feelings about her before the inauguration so this was end of end of 2020 uh, so so if you want to listen to that episode, they're on all of the podcatchers, just like Militarily Mix. Um, but just know that if you support Squeezing Lemons, you're supporting fellow mixed race cousins doing their work as well. While their show doesn't, always focus on mixedness. Mixedness does come up because they are both mixed race podcast hosts. Um, They are also both mixed race folks living, uh, working in higher education, which I think is important representation as well. So support our mixed race cousins over on the Squeeze and Lemons podcast. I'm also going to put links in the show notes to Jason's various projects, his music, and uh, another podcast that he has available as well. So check it out. Uh, but it was a lot of fun talking to Jason. I I only was kind of the very first time I got to chat with him was when I was a guest on the show last, uh, last year. Um, But this time I actually got to learn more about him directly and, and it was a lot of fun. And before we wrap up, I do just want to acknowledge one other thing. At the start of every episode in the opening credits, you hear me say that I'd like to acknowledge the Chumash and the Tongva people uh, because I record my show. I'm currently living on the lands that were their traditional ancestral lands. And I, I feel the need to acknowledge that history and what was stolen from them in, in naming them. I don't do it for my guests. It hadn't really occurred to me unless part of their story has to do with their ancestral or indigenous people. In this case, Jason is of Filipino, Caucasian and uh, indigenous heritage. His people are the Odawa. His grandmother is Odawa, and I bring that up just to acknowledge something that he said during the show that was meaningful to me, and is that the Odawa people were able, he believes that they were able to reclaim their original ancestral lands and, and had done so for, for many years, so they have an annual powwow. On their own ancestral lands that they're able to occupy now, Um, whether or not they had been taken away from them or they reclaimed them or something like that uh, is uh, something I would have to dig into a little bit more. But because he named them, I also wanted to name them because that is something that um, I already do for the show, something that I already find important. So... And it gave me an opportunity to you know, look something up that I didn't know much about beforehand. So any opportunity to learn new information is good for me. And I think that's it. Oh, this is gonna be a long intro. Without further ado, please join me in welcoming our latest cousin to the militantly mixed family, Jason. So I'm really excited to uh, get, get another chance to talk to this cousin of Militarily Mix who hasn't been on the show yet, but I have been on his show. Jason, why don't you tell everybody about yourself and let's get into it.
1: Yes, yes, Maine. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Thank you for indoctrinating me as a cousin officially now. <laughs> and, you know, when, when you, when you sent the invite and... If you didn't, I was gonna stalk you anyway for for uh for a hope, hopeful <laughs> slot. I was like thinking, you had so many Filipinos on the show, like Pilipinos. There has to be some like restriction now. Like we had I to change this almost a military. <laughs> Militantly mixed Pinoy cast. I think I think that might be the takeover soon. Oh,
0: my goodness. If this show grows to the point that I can start having like militantly mixed hyphen Pil- Ooh, <laughs> Pilipino. Yes. Like I did used to have a militantly mixed black as fuck edition. back. With <laughs> my boy, um, Blurred Vision, who yes. we started the show doing that. And then we we're nice. like, no, we're going to switch over to comic books. So we okay. changed it over to Blurred Comics. So it's not outside of the realm of possibility to have Love a Panoy chapter.
1: <laughs> right, right. Uh oh, teasing it. You heard it here first.
0: There you go. I'll, you'll have to be the uh, the chapter president or something like that <laughs> since you came up with the idea. <laughs> All right. Why don't you tell everybody about your mix and what y'all what you do and everything, and then we can get going.
1: Yeah, for sure. I um. I usually explain it that my dad was born in the Philippines and my mom was born here. I kind of keep it sweet and short like that, and then depending on the deer and headlight stares I get, I might, you know, I might bite for some more info rather if if, they, if they're seeking it. But um, I guess the quick story is he came over here when he was a teenager, mm. um, in the states with a lot of his siblings, and there's kind of like a mini. Diaspora of of sorts because I, th- I want to say there was like maybe eight or so of them and half of them landed in Cali, which obviously you know how many flips are over there. there we go, And then yeah, yeah, for <laughs> real, <laughs> I got too much. And the other half ended up in Chicago, and like we were the dumb ones that wanted to bear the weather and you know just I
0: know. be blood you're, for punishment. You're a tropical people, what <laughs> what right? brought you to Chicago? <laughs> I'm
1: saying, I'm saying. So. Yeah, he made that trip, uh, you know, years back. But he hasn't been back to the Philippines since. He doesn't ridiculous. really have any desire to, to to visit. So I haven't ever either, because um, wow. I always try to egg him on, like, "Hey, let's do it!" But let's do he it, still, yeah. yeah, he isn't taking me up on my offer. I'm my also mom, a
0: mixed Asian that hasn't been back to the home country either. Yeah. So you know, the closest to it is going to Hawaii because most of my family lives out there now. But
1: take it. Yeah. Nice, nice. Um, and I guess. My mom, that's kind of like a complicated story. Like we could probably d- dig a little deeper there, but I guess I lead with my dad because my dad raised me. Okay. And my mom was born here. Like a lot of her blood is kind of like either, I don't know, maybe like U.S. Euro mix or whatever people call it or Caucasian and whatnot. And then there's a lot of like native blood in there too. So my grandmother was like born near a reservation of where the tribe was um. Affiliated, where you know where she um, she is. Uh, I was gonna say assigned to, but I don't know. I guess where she where her origins are from, rather. Right. The tribe is uh, Odawa, and they're based out of the um, Upper Peninsula in Michigan.
0: Is that where they were originally from, or where they were rerouted to?
1: That's that's a fair point. I I honestly don't know much other than they were able to reclaim their land for some time, almost to the point where they've had. I want to say they've had maybe like the 80th annual powwow, you know, mm-hmm. some odd number. And I've been okay. there a couple of times around August is when they usually have it. You know, with COVID, they didn't have it this year, mm-hmm. but um, they were able to kind of keep their land, you know, their their land um, sort of like sanctuary, so to speak. and. Yeah. There's some like nearby gas stations that if you show the tribe card, you know, you get like tax free gas. And discount. You know, yeah, that <laughs> type of discount. thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fam Family discount.
0: discount also works when people think you're Filipino and you get like a tribe right? for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> Cause in California, I'm Filipino or Mexican, you know? Uh, you know? Take the discounts when you can. Yes. That's funny. All right. So you are the new co-host of Squeezing Lemons, along with cousin from the show, Ginger, who was on the show. We were talking about 2019, but I think it was 2018.
1: I think you're right. Yeah.
0: Um, Um, I checked after the fact and I was like, oh, shit, it was like actually like eight months earlier than we had originally talked.
1: Totally. Yeah. Like I've been doing Squeezing Lemons with her. Um, the past year or so, we've kind of wrapped up. I think it was episode fifteen with you, right? Wow. End of the year um, in uh, twenty twenty, and it's been fun. I I honestly give you a lot of the credit because I shared on our show that she was bragging about. You know, I'm in a podcast you know, I, I do a podcast. You know, everybody got I a podcast. You know? <laughs> Come on, everybody got a pod, really? Yep. And then she's like, no, like, look look me up, I'm a big deal. And the first link she sent me was the episode with you and her. I was like, oh, wow, okay. All right, she, she, she's she's pretty legit. so That's funny.
0: The birth- um, I, yeah, I heard you, I heard like at the, I want to say it was the beginning of your season or maybe like a couple episodes in where y- y'all mentioned like ginger kind of finally coming to terms with like thinking and talking actively about mixedness and you being like, yes. yeah, you know, I am too. I didn't, you know, I'm mixed too. You know, it was a, it was kind of cool to, to, it's cool to have these conversations and like hear people in the middle of claiming their identity, whatever that, whatever that is um, over the totally. course of the few years doing the show like, there's some people who are like, until I started to talk to you, I didn't really think about being mixed, you know? Right, and- right that baffles me because my entire identity was mixed all the way until I became an adult. And all of a sudden <laughs> I want mixed people around. I'm like, where's all the mixed people. So yeah, it's pretty wild when, when you're kind of getting into it and everything like that because you were raised by your father mostly. And, and right. because, um, you know, the Filipino is strong with y'all. Yes, do you identify mostly as, as just Filipino throughout? <laughs> I know I keep doing it.
1: I love it. I can't, I do, it.
0: I can't help it. I grew up around Filipinos. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would have to actively really think about it to say Filipino sometimes. Um, because-
1: you know, um, I, I was going to say my favorite two words, my favorite two Filipino words. One is not even a Filipino word at all. One is halo hollow." Have you ever had halo hollow?": It's kind of like familiar. Yeah, it's kind of like one of those things that it's not people don't normally flock to it. Like there's like some frozen ice in there and there's like jellies. There's even like beans in there. It's it's basically a dessert, but I've I think
0: known, I've had what was strange to me uh-huh. growing up when just, you know, your friend's mom hands you a plate and you know, right. you're Asian and you can't yep. say no.
1: Yep, so yep, I yep.
0: think I'm familiar with it. At least I've heard the name of it and everything. I'm pretty sure I've eaten it. <laughs>
1: so I bring that up because it, it definitely hits on my core. Cause I think the loose interpretation is kind of like mix, right? Because there's yeah. so much it mixed in. Like people throw ube in there, people throw like ice cream in there.
0: Whatever is available.
1: Yeah. So I, I feel like you know it's it's uh it's a symbol of you know what I am. <laughs> um, and the other Filipino word is Pat binder. Now, what I did was there, I basically said Pathfinder, but <laughs> 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 Pat binder. where is my pat <laughs> dad? And that is the end of my joy. Oh, my joke. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um,
0: so when I was growing up, my grandmother used to pronounce um, oatmeal, meal." Oh, otomil. so yeah. we I didn't know that it was like oatmeal. And I right, didn't understand right. that my meal was white people's oatmeal. <laughs> Uh, My mom also had this problem, too, and has beaten up children over this. Right. um, From them yelling like oatmeal, oatmeal, oatmeal. So I get it. Sometimes uh, the English word gets turned into your own language. And now that's a thing.
1: (laughs) So truly, (laughs) truly, indeed. Um, I was actually trying to pull up my 23andMe. And I I just want to give you the brief percentage. So it's looking like East Asian Native American, 68.4%. European thirty point eight percent and Central and South Asian zero point five.
0: Hmm. So, I you know what I had to start getting out of the percentages because I was real yeah. nervous and I I remember referencing this in like an early early episode of Militantly Mix where I was like waiting for my results. Yes. Um, and I was like, man, what happens if I'm only like 13% Black when that's like <laughs> my main identity? I'm like, my whole life is going to be destroyed. I'm going to be right. crying. You know, right. because on the Black side, at least, you know, whiteness is definitely a possibility because of, really? you know, enslavement and rape and everything. So I was nervous as hell. And when that did come back at like 23%, I felt hey. like pretty pretty you good. Know? But also my Asian is only 23% as well, mm. which is weird. My East Asian, um, right, right, because you know it's still my like. What else could my grandma had been? Uh, but I think it, it actually breaks down into like, like the you know how it's like a random small island somewhere yes. in the South Pacific, that type of thing. But yeah, I was there was a lot of there was a lot of nerves mm-hmm. about the
1: percentages. She's living um, her best polyamorous life. My girl, <laughs> come on now. But yeah. uh,
0: but I'm good. I'm good now. Like I I dropped the percentages. I, I feel like you know, my cultural identity is black and Japanese. I'm predominantly black. So I'm going to be comfortable living in that every now and then when the white creeps up a little higher, because, you know, ancestry Uh like reassesses every now and then.
2: Yes. Yes.
0: And all of a sudden I'll be like 54% white and I'll be like, how dare you? (laughs) Uh, But you know, you got, you got to drop the percentages. It it really has to be like. Who you grew up around, what you feel is the thing speaking to you most, and I agree. I think, I think you'll be okay. <laughs>
1: there should be like some like mental brain like mood ring scanner that zaps. And says, you know what? Ring of mixedness. I, I I know academically this is what I am, but here's what I really am. Come on now, this is what my heart's telling me.
0: Well, cause also like <laughs> genetics are so strange. Like my yeah, yeah. brother, my full brother and I could run our DNA and come up with different percentages. And that's just okay. because, you know, some things come to me more right. than things go to him. Yep. And while I haven't, he hasn't done it to my knowledge and, and I haven't seen any results from him. I wouldn't be surprised if sure. I got more of the black because that was it's clear in my my physical body it's clear in my face uh, whereas my brother although darker skinned than I am mm. has a lot more of the white features so if he came out more white than me it'd be like yeah that makes sense um but then again mm. I don't know if that's really what is going on um <sighs> but I had to take the african ancestry chest, not oh, myself really? I had to I had to have my dad's brother do it because oh, wow to be able to figure out where my African was and I sure. have a black father, I would have needed a male relative to take that test um, because there's something that is passed from father to son that isn't passed from father to daughter. Yep. And so like, yeah, I still got my blackness, but there's certain things I wouldn't have been able to find. I would only mm. have been able to find the matrilineal black um, from my dad's dad's mom um and uh so you know luckily my uncle was willing to do it for me and everything like that and and so now i know where in africa at least my patrilineal line is from right um but yeah like it's really hard to get into like it's nice to just have the picture to tell you roughly your white people are these white people your asians are these asians yes your black people are this black people but yep. um But yeah, it's Ah, you know what? It's who you are. It's who you who you grew up around, who you feel. And honestly, if I look at you, I'm going to be like, Filipino.
1: I love it. I dig it. I wish I honestly wish I got that because you don't get that. No, real talk. I mainly got growing up uh, Puerto Rican. Mm,
0: Well, me too.
1: You know like any other latinx maybe um when we went to like a bunch of filipino parties with my wife even though she was born here but you know her parents are are mexican descent mm-hmm. um they would think she's more filipino than i am. so funny
0: it's, it's <laughs> so
1: funny. the comparison test you just take one person and put them next to the other and just see what happens you know see see what reactions right.
0: you get Right. <laughs> So I know that you're an academic, but I don't actually really know what kind of academia you do. I also know that you're uh, into music and you you produce yes. your own rap music and everything like that. So let's, let's talk sure. a little bit about who is Cousin Jason.
1: Nice. Nice. OK, I can definitely dive into some of those topics <laughs> or maybe all of them. Um, I, I wanted to peel the layer back a little bit so when when i was telling you about the origin story of squeezing lemons and you know i listened to the podcast with you and ginger on your pod um where we actually met was at um i kid you not it was basically a mixed race lunch mixer of sorts for work okay right and a lot of these informal erg groups happen at work you know whether they're I don't want to say like sanctioned by the workplace, but you know, whether the workplace knows or, you know, like acknowledges it, you know, these groups happen. Right. Um, so I say that because that was the first time I actually had intentional space of meeting with folks that were mixed. And I think you and I kind of shared on our, our squeeze elements podcast. Like, I think you said you were a little jelly about some flips that, you know, they're kind of almost born a hybrid in this hybrid environment and yeah. you're almost like accepted. And that's just the way it goes. And I guess that was, that was the way for me anyway. Like I, it wasn't just Filipinos growing up. Like there was a lot of people in my household, um, you know, cousins and cousins and cousins and, and whatnot. Your moms,
0: friends that
1: yep. are your cousins, even yep. though they're
0: not related to you. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. But getting back to work, like we actually officially made that group, an ERG as of this year with Ginger mm-hmm. and some other handful of folks that are kind of like on our board. So I bring that up because I, I know on your show, you've had some student union folks that have have, have made their own groups. And I know mm-hmm. that's always the thing. The college I went to, uh, that group didn't exist. Right. But it's kind of cool to know that, you know, like workplaces are doing the same thing, um, so to speak. Because I mean, like people will will say that, ergs or employee resource groups are just like you know basically like student clubs for work but like they, they can be more than that right like they can right. be definitely partners they can be
0: yeah you, know, you can end up starting your own businesses with, with yeah. people that you have met through them yeah yes. i think i mean i think naturally as humans we tend to tribe up i think yep. many of us come from tribal um ancestry you know right. like What were we before we were this civilized, you know, quotation fingers type of people? (laughs) We were mostly tribal people. So I think it's natural that we try to do that again. And as we become mixed people, who's your tribe? You know, is it other mixed people? Do you look enough like wherever, you know, one of your groups that that's what you tribe up with? And I think it's there's some kind of healing in it. I've talked about it on the show before. Like I've worked at places where if not the mixed folks at least like the black or mixed blacks folks would like look at each other from across the room, but not interact in front of yes. people very often. Right. But then we would go on Friday nights and have like <laughs> family dinner, you know, yep, like, exactly. but, like not anywhere near where we work. We'd like drive like a 45 <laughs> minutes, an hour to be at a restaurant where we knew our coworkers wouldn't catch us and find sure. out like all oh, the blacks are meeting <laughs> after work. Um, you know, like, I think it's just a natural thing that we, we need, it's survival for a lot of us. So yes. I, it's nice to know that that is, you know, again, like you said, whether or not it's sanctioned, that there are spaces for, for us to, to be able to do that. And, and especially now as mixed race folks, I mean, shit, we're the, we're the last to the, to the affinity group pile. Yep. You know, cause Th- that, they don't know the- how to put us together.
1: You're totally right. You're totally fair. There's probably like maybe, maybe, a dozen or so that have already existed you know some of the ones you might be familiar with whether it's a latinx one or a black one or an asian one or some you know tribe up with parents or caregivers or things like that but i mean um our group yeah it was kind of like the last um to kind of riff on you know you kind of making eye contact with some of your coworkers, whether they're mixed or not i I, I'm, I'm not necessarily one that tries to seek out community all the time, but if the universe tells me that community is supposed to happen, I kind of go with it. Right. Mm-hmm. So these other mixed folks besides ginger, like there were some other people that I kind of thought they were mixed and I assumed they were, but I didn't know until they, they became part of this, you know, this right. club. Right. Cause we don't and-
0: have a mixed nod yeah we don't (laughs) we do
1: not we do not have that but there was other things that I was collaborating with these folks that I felt like the universe was telling me like you know just these are your people right So like one girl like um I I was I was messing around with music with her and we did like a couple talent shows together and then another guy was also kind of like on the music tip too and we actually were on the um the uh the the black erg at at the workplace we were like on the on the board at the same time so that was kind of another way that we connected and again that was kind of cool too cuz i i was able to kind of be a part of them even though i don't identify as black but you know i definitely care for a lot of the issues that um they brought forth so i'm saying all the fun stuff at work because <laughs> i love to try to like you know, be part of these communities if the universe is telling me to be involved. But um, like realistically, I am just a dean's office uh, coordinator or business administrator or whatever they're calling it nowadays. And I've been there for like the fat past five years. Mm. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been fine. It's been cool. I've been able to help like a lot of professors with their Zoom classes. I think some of the episodes you were talking about uh, lately were like, I think. I'm not me maybe lately because I've I've been listening I've been listening to your episodes like in backwards order now okay <laughs> and I'm okay. all the way actually at um when you had uh Rob WB i okay, like yeah yeah from that now was, until then that
0: was like around May I think May mm. or June yeah
1: so, yeah I want to say it's like 104 or 105 or something like that but anyhow <laughs> like numbers you know <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying I'm trying but I um I I bring up some of the episodes I've been listening on your show is that uh yeah. Like, you know, just you have to help your school environment figure out yeah. e-learning, basically. And yeah.
0: I mean, I think besides besides things like that, um, one thing in in any position of academia that you could be in, like I work as an HR professional at right. school. Yep. You know, it's it's helping the other people realize the the gaps for the, the POCs within, within exactly. the thing, you know, I mean, besides the fact, like, culturally, how students learn at home might be drastically different based off of what their ethnic and cultural groups are and stuff like that. And so, you know, for militantly Mixed, I do the work that I'm doing from, from my community, mixed folks, but at work, I'm doing the work that I do with like real intent on helping either the employees that are of color get yep. more you know, place to speak or make the white people more aware that their Brown kids are (laughs) needing extra, you know, attention or support or whatever. And like, part of it feels like it's not my job, but (laughs) at the same time, it's like, if, if it's not my job, what am I, you know, like, what's the point? Like just to help white people stay comfortable is not necessarily how I can maneuver that space comfortably. So Like, you know, whatever our positions are, I mean, unfortunately some of us have to, you know, live to work for a little while until we, until we can work to live. And I think that's, that's pretty much where I'm at.
1: (laughs) No, I, I honestly feel like people like you are great in HR because I obviously served in HR during here at higher ed and even before in corporate. And I tried to do what I could. But I know sometimes it's, 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 it, it can be about just putting a, putting out metaphorical fires instead of, yeah. you know, trying to raise voices that are not heard. Yeah. And I just, I just, you know, it gives me like warmth that, to know that, you know, somebody like you is actually in that space because it's, it's not, it's not, HR is not always what it, it is or it should be. But. Yeah.
0: I mean, I honestly, I think HR should always be uh, people of color and in particular, yeah right you know mixed folks i think is great for i think black women in particular because you can get right. all of you can get almost all of the other <laughs> checkboxes through through that group of of people and in that case you you hope you can do the most good but you know there's still people that toe the corporate line or whatever that ends up being or the you know the agency line and yep. i'm for the people <laughs> 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 but yeah like um you know I think it's tough like I think this is an extra burden on us as as brown folks yeah. is that whatever yes. our job is it can literally be just like cash register cashier at the grocery store or truck driver or teacher right. or whatever like your job is your job plus whatever brown you are you know in it in some way shape or exactly. form and it sucks to have to <laughs> <laughs> to have to maneuver that way. But you know, we do what we we do what we do. And I think that's why so many of us have, you know, the side hustles or the or the passion yep. projects outside, because it's like it's the only way that we can feel good about waking up, I think. That's <laughs> it. We have this thing. And for me, it's this show. For you, the music and and the show, I assume.
1: Yeah, thank you. So passion project is a great way to put it. Um I dropped a my own album last year when it was probably like a
0: quotation finger that
1: i mean, mean like last year a couple months ago right so i'm still kind oh, of last like
0: last year was what you quotation <laughs> fingered, not album because it seems like you were doing a well, different album
1: i i'm i'm very nuanced and i always i always bite on the those nuanced moments so yes <laughs> it is kind of like that because <laughs> like technically it's not a solo album right because there's only one track that's just my voice. Right. Okay. But, um, I'm a collaborator by nature. So it's more like, it's more like, you know, um, the album is called no sage chronicles, like no sage is my nickname, but it's basically like sort of chronicling different, like things, different stories, different conversations, um, with different people. So I I get energy off of others and I felt like, you know, we had enough music sitting around and a lot of the music was kind of like going in a particular theme so okay. you know why not you know drop it as you kind know, of like my, my my passion project right. and um it's been great Yeah, it was it, it was it was very it was very fun and it was a byproduct of one of the mixed persons at work i was just talking about he actually left um the place of work last year but we stayed in contact we kept you know kept the creative um juice is flowing and yeah, we're just, we're just still, we're still sticking with it. Um, his, his uh, website is uh nativestranger.com. So again, yeah, nativestranger.com and he's a cool cat. Actually, some of the, uh, some of those mixed um, race groups I, I was talking about that we were like meetups that we were doing, like luncheons, right. Mm-hmm. Where we would talk about like maybe an episode of Mixedish or we would just talk about an article that grapples with being mixed. He was like, me and him were in the room and I think there's maybe one or two other people It's like, man, there's a lot of white people up in here, right? And he's basically talking about his mom's side and my mom's side, right? So, I mean, it's kind of funny to have those jokes, but again, it wasn't as academic or pointed or as intentional until I got in academia, like to be honest, because it always felt like it was a part of me, whether it was with my cousins growing up or just, you know, play cousins or whatever.
0: Yeah. Do you feel that uh because of the way you grew up I mean Chicago is a very diverse um city and things like that but I don't yeah. know what part of Chicago that you're from did did you grow up with a lot of other brown people not just Filipino folks and things like that
1: Yeah no thank you I um I guess the near north side um the the area is sort of coined as North Center it's it's like somewhat nearby wrigley field but not like it's not like right off the lake but um i don't know if you ever saw the movie um wildcats with uh goldie i Han. love wildcats you know,
0: I you do. I'm 43 motherfucker i watched hey, the shit out of that i hey. remember the rap song at the end oh simple. hey <laughs> i don't remember all the lyrics but i remember basically the <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> Better than, Diamond
2: Rings. <laughs> it's the King,
0: better
2: than Diamond Rings.
0: Football.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: I love that movie. Oh, that was shot in Chicago?
1: Yeah. And there's like a lot of notable football, like um, game moments that are actually at like the high school that was like maybe blocks from where I lived. Oh, okay. I didn't go to that high school. That was kind of like the. I don't want to say uppity, but it was kind of like a selective high school to get in because you needed to kind of like test, test out to get in there. But, um, I went to the, um, the Catholic high school and the Catholic elementary school that was kind of around the way around that, around that spot. But, um, yeah, there was a lot of mixed, I mean, not mixed, but there were some mixed
0: mixed community.
1: Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Definitely Brown. Definitely all the colors of the rainbow, um, in, in the, in school i i wanted to step back um a minute to when when you talk about music i i i wanted to bring this up so do you know who uh, chino XL is Mm-mm. he's like in his awesome. heyday he's kind of gone and forgotten right now i mean he's yeah. probably still doing his thing but He was a rapper that a lot of people compared to like Eminem because he had that like that angst. He had that rapid fire flow and he had like kind of the mindset, like I can take out the world, you know, like Mm -hmm. all the braggadocious rappers do really. But there's this track on his like his premiere album or his debut album that he addressed being mixed. And it was like around the 90s that I think the album came out. And that was like the first time I heard a song that actually addressed being mixed. I have to look that one up. Yeah, um, it's called What Am I? And I'm actually going to just tell you one of the lines because I love the whole song. Mm -hmm. But the one line that stuck with me, because I think the whole thing is a quotable for any mixed person, but he tells a story about when he found out he was mixed. So basically, the quick line goes, found out I'm a different shade when I'm in the second grade. Abe Lincoln's play, they want me to portray a slave my mama's face went pale. She looked like she want to puke. Now that I know the truth, I'd rather play John Wilkes Booth. And there's like a line where he keeps repeating where he, you know, what am I, what am I, what am I? He's, he's trying to grapple with it. Cause like, he's, he's like Puerto Rican descent, but also his black side, he's mm-hmm. kind of leaning to as well. And he calls himself like the yellow ass N word. And it's also weird because like, usually like yellow i mean we're no stranger to it like whether yeah. we co-sign on it or not but i mean yellow is asian right but mm-hmm. i don't really i never really heard it in that context you know but obviously he's yes. trying to grapple with who he is and what he sees and you know what his identity is but
0: yeah chino is the is the name he goes by
1: yeah chino xl he was in so a that, couple
0: that seems like chinese latinx hybrid because there's a lot of people that identify themselves as like chinos and they're they're like chinese Colombians and stuff like that
1: that's that's a good point i mean he he didn't really address it in this song although he's a very like intelligent dude like i Mm -hmm. think he has some high like mensa iq or whatever like I, i forget what the what the barometer is but he's he's definitely smart but um i i i i bring him up because He's like in the 90s. So, you know, we're kind of of the same era. You and I, I, I turned 42 this year and <laughs> I have to still think about it. Um, <laughs> I'm beating you, man. I'm beating you. No, no, no. But um, yeah, he's definitely one of my top fives. He's, he's the one that kind of awakened me to embracing my mixness from a musical standpoint. I guess. How
0: do you, how do you explore it in your music? Do you, is it intentional? Does it creep out just because it's a part of your life or, or how does it get in?
1: Yeah. I, this, this is, might not be what you were going for, but this is usually what I'm thinking about when I'm writing some of the stuff that I write. So like <laughs> my my partner, like listened to the album, maybe only like once or twice. She's like, there's like there's like a lot of stuff you had boiling up in here. Like, what's going on? <laughs> you know? And she's definitely my moral compass. Like, I look to her for my guiding light. And mm-hmm. she, she, she definitely has a good taste in music. But um, I I think the the three things that I usually write about is about my mom who passed away, which you know, she's my white mom, but she's also my Native American mom, you know, my indigenous one. But um I felt like there was so much pain. In like um, growing up with her. I think you also shared like there's been a lot of pain and trauma with your dad, right? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know all the intric- intricacies of that, but I definitely relate on that aspect. Um, the second thing is um, my cousin who me my wife and him, we were like inseparable growing up. Mm-hmm. Like we were kind of like fake Tarantinos, like <laughs> making, you know, guerrilla films out there and mashing them up. Like, Hey, look at this good shit we did. Like, no, <laughs> no, nah, dude, it's it's low quality. <laughs> but, um, I bring him up because he's a mixed person. He's, um, half freaking and, um, half flip because his mom and my dad, their brother and sister. Mm. Oh half pork chop. I don't know if people think that's a pork slur or chop? not. I haven't, I haven't heard that before. Never heard pork chop before? <laughs> no. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, it's real. It's real on the field. <laughs> um speaking of pork chops, I, I secretly think that's why like my wife kind of like <laughs> yes. uh oh, my kids are running around. <laughs> I, I feel like that's why my wife actually like started to be interested in me because she likes she likes Puerto Ricans. Like she likes Bad Bunny. Like there's some other countless ones I can't really name right now, but she won't admit it. But um, anyway, I bring him up because he was like a driving force to a lot of creativity. Like me and him would like do freestyle, like Cypher's life for days, for hours. And um, I tap into that pain because like I haven't spoken to him in years and I probably can reach out. And it's not like it's been a huge tear, but I feel like we're just two different people in two different places. Mm. So I, I tap into a lot of the um, the heartache, and it's kind of like sad boy rap. Which <laughs> some of my 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 guy that kind of is the like the executive producer on the on the album is like, you know, why are you going through this space again? But he allows it. But you third-
0: deal with weird stuff. However, you deal with it, you know. Yeah, I call huh. my show the me- my medicine because I didn't realize how much I needed to have conversations like this to deal with my own shit. Right, that's how you get it. Sad boy rap. Let's do it.
1: Let's go. Let's go. (laughs) And the person that I actually wanted to bring up on our squeeze and lemons conversation, but I didn't really have the context to do it, was um, somebody I dated in high school. And um, my partner knows who she is, and she knows she's a scumbag. But (laughs) she was basically half black and half Japanese, and she was an underclassman. Um, I'm not throwing shame or shots in your direction at all you know we are all different people we all can be great in different ways but (laughs) that was not a great or healthy relationship by any means and um, my wife kind of relates too because she had a very bad relationship in high school so we kind of like
0: so you've known each other forever but you didn't date until you were adults. yes
1: yeah exactly yep yep yeah, you said it's the, kind of like the same, right? With you and yeah, yours. Yeah,
0: my husband, I met him as a friend and when I was 15 and we stayed friends until we were 22 and got together, been together since.
1: Mhm. Look at that. The, <laughs> the universe funny
0: before that just well. Oh. Funny business 2 years before we actually got together, but um okay. one time,
1: just like nice.
0: like a dance lesson that turned into a makeout session that turned hey. into never talking about it again until we got hey. together.
1: <laughs> You actually just, you triggered a memory for me because like, it was almost the same for us. There was one incident that I want to say we were dating different folks and we kind of just didn't make out session too. but that was it. Cause she was in the military at the time. So mm-hmm. she was like not accessible,
0: you Got it.
1: <laughs> but until she became accessible and then you know, <laughs> look, look what happened.
0: Yeah. I was doing the dance lesson with, with my now husband, because he was getting ready to go to this thing to meet this girl this other oh. girl and it was and like i said no funny business before that so i was right. just helping my my boy out like you know you when know? i'm his unrhythmic ass out with a few steps <laughs> and um <clears throat> And then, yeah. And then it turned into a little, a little moment. And after that, we're like, I remember the next day texting my like one of my few female friends at the time and just being like, Oh my God, (laughs) this person I've known for all these years that I never thought of like that. Like we just had this little moment and then it disappeared until we got together two years later. And, you know, just happens sometimes. Come in when they're ready.
1: That's it. (laughs) The Magic just happens sometimes. (laughs) But those three individuals I mentioned that I usually write about when I tap into my pain, like, mm-hmm. I guess they're all mixed in their own regards. Like obviously with my cousin and the one that I dated, but I guess my mom too, right? Because yeah. if my grandma is basically a good chunk of her is indigenous and then my grandpa, she's, he's basically like, I guess, you know, Euro mixed for lack of a better word. But um, yeah, so three mixed people who kind of like, I don't know. That's we're like the driving force behind some of my, my mental roller coasters of, you know, yeah. aggressive who I am. Am I accepted? Why am I abandoned? Why am I forgotten? And there's my dad solid as a rock, always there for me. And he doesn't always get the credit that he deserves. You know what I'm saying? Right. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like does I think he the-
0: notice that you sh- have struggled at all with your, does like, does he understand that that, that, that happens for you?
1: Um, like that—that that I either was kind of somewhat traumatized by those experiences, or yeah, I, I'm for sure with my mom. Obviously, like he kind of has some of the guilt himself because, you know, they were dating, they were young, shit happened. I'm an oops child, and here I am, right? Like they were just some neighborhood kids hanging out on the block, and actually, I think my mom was more into my uncle because. She was hanging out with his crew. Got
0: some of that in my family too. <laughs>
1: you know, you know, oh my goodness. Woo. <sighs> Wait for know. it.
0: I have a cousin that for a couple of years, I thought was my brother.
1: <laughs> right, right. Okay, okay. Well, I'm going to drop a bomb on you because it's, it's more or less, we we, def- we definitely twin in, in a lot of regards, Um, but basically my mom got with my dad. And I think <laughs> there is one incident where either he got her pregnant or they were just fooling around and he had to hide in like her bedroom. And he was just like terrified as shit that he was gonna get pounced by my grandpa, who was like this, you know, huge dude. But um I, I only had him into my um what was it maybe my early teens. Or maybe even single digits i forget he passed away at that time but my grandma's still kicking she celebrated 90 years last week
2: oh wow
1: and yeah that's crazy but um back to my my dad he he was in a band he was like in a like a wedding band so they okay. they did a little mini touring but just more are known midwest
0: singing you know
1: <laughs> all us filipinos in the are Bay not, Area
0: of California, right? it is all singing Filipinos.
1: Oh my goodness, we are not just about singing; <laughs> we're also about basketball, white rice, spam, and like over easy egg.
0: Spam. Done. I listen. I can't. <laughs> I cannot explain to people who don't understand why spam is so fucking good. Like mm-hmm. I don't know how to explain it, but here's my attempt: is Run it. spam is mixed meat yep and i am a mixed person yes, yes. <laughs> i love spam thank you
1: <laughs> claim it claim it. it's ours now it's
0: ours militantly mixed. brought to thing. you by spam right oh my god i could
1: see the spam can with with the logo <laughs> with
0: a little oh. militantly mixed let's logo go. on it let's go i i would take a spam uh sponsorship If given the opportunity, I don't talk about it very often because I've I've been a vegetarian for the last three years until Chadwick Boseman died. And then I started eating meat again for comfort and I'm trying to get back to being a vegetarian, but I'm struggling. But yeah, spam.
1: Oh, so check this out. I don't want to derail the conversation, but you invoked (laughs) Chadwick and I knew we were talking today. I actually have a saved voicemail for you. Now, this is not a caller calling in, but here. (laughs) Wait for it. And let me see if I can actually dig this up. Hold on a second. Charmaine, you are the greatest podcaster around. I actually heard your Blurred Comics show, and it is the greatest. One thought, though. If Nick Fury, your daddy, Samuel L. Jackson, decides to step down, I know you go by Charmaine Fury. How about you step into the role? Or perhaps Sherry, because her mind has not been right as of late. Anyhow, keep doing what you do. Wakanda forever. <laughs> I, I don't know, like how I even got that voicemail. I it was like in my inbox. Like, I'm just gonna play it. I was going to do it. <laughs> oh, my
0: God. Uh, yeah, I would definitely step into that role. You can call me Madam Director.
1: Yes, yes. Please make that happen. We're <laughs> getting your sponsorships. We're getting your movie deals. We're getting your side right. shoot-off podcast. You know, I used to
0: actually work with um, Samuel L. Jackson's daughter on, on a TV show.
1: What? No. And
0: I didn't know at the time at first and my my like laptop had samuel jackson picture on it my wallet was a bad motherfucker wallet like <laughs> oh, i was like yes. you don't understand the depth of how much i love this dude and um oh my
1: goodness and
0: uh and so my my boss at the time looks at my computer and he starts laughing he's like i think it's so funny that you're obsessed with samuel he's Hell like you know, yeah. you know who zoe is right and i'm like no it's like i booked their their ticket or whatever but i don't know who they are and it's like right. what's their last name and i was like no you know like i freaked out and he was like i cannot wait for you guys to meet each other he's like because you could totally look like a mixed like a like his mixed kid or her mixed sister and i was Uh like no i can't meet her because i can't i can't ever be that like the person who like jumps on a relationship with his kid just so that i can meet him like i can't be that kind of person and so i tried (laughs) to avoid her like crazy while we worked on the same show and for two years we worked on the same show and you eventually crossed
1: paths though right
0: Yeah, we crossed paths a number of times. And I don't ever know if she knew that I was the one, but like her best friend at one point, I was driving her best friend to get like medicine or something like that. And she's like, hey, do you know who the mixed girl is that's obsessed with Zoe's dad? And I was like, oh, shit. And so I like had to tell her, I was like, that's me. And she's like, oh, but I like you. She's like, this is fine. Then I'll introduce you. And I'm like, no, because I don't ever want that to be like (laughs) if I meet my dad organically. Yeah. That's one thing. If right, I use right. this work relationship to get there, I'll never feel like they'll feel I was a genuine person. So I mm. pretty much avoided it um, like a plague. And but there was all these moments where, like, I would open a door and she'd be right there, or I'd open a door and she'd <laughs> fall down because she leaned into it, or um, I'd be walking down a hallway and she'd see me and I'd be like, "Oh, hi!" And <laughs> like turn around and walk because I was really trying not to be.
1: A nerd ah, for her. Yeah. I can dig it though. It's he a problem. yo, like he's done like millions of movies, but he he has like he helped bring Marvel to what it is. I mean, yeah. there's everyone gets credit, Chris Evans, our, you know, Rav Danger, everybody. But like
0: he was like he the core force, yeah. Um, the reason why I picked the the even the Fury character over any other thing that he's done in terms of like my own little identity too is um, sure. Beside because I am a comic book person and like I just love that a black guy is playing a character that is produ- usually a white guy and yes, yes, everybody's just like fucking doing right. It. Well, you're gonna tell Samuel Jackson he can't be Nick Fury. You know, so it's dope. Makes me happy.
1: You know what I'm saying? No explanation <laughs> about like, no quick, like flashback scene of like, Oh, okay. Fury <laughs> <I> was <know. laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Like fury was somehow time traveled to a different fury is a different yeah, ultimate. You don't, no. you
0: don't get that very often. So we're going to go ahead and ride that wave as long as we can, but let's I get agree. back to you <laughs>
1: <laughs> for sure. So, you know, I actually wanted to bring this up because um you're kind of talking about like, I guess, pivotal moments that kind of crafted my mixedness and mm-hmm um the uh what is it the rob WB guy the guy from Canada mm-hmm. he was a cool cat like I, I love listening to that episode um he said he never had like a bad run-in with the cops right and I probably had about a handful of negative experiences mm-hmm. there's probably a couple I do want to speak of because I think it also definitely like colored my lens or you know for lack sure. of a better phrase just it 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 definitely like capsulize like my mixedness and like how I, how I think I am, but how others don't really think I am. Right. Right. So the one story, um, I was in high school and I was literally just strutting the block. I had nothing to do (laughs) phones in our day. Right, man. And you just had to get into trouble. Right. But I really wasn't a trouble kid. Like I basically was, you know, an, uh, an honor student, you know, I got A's and whatnot. And, I, I was just bored, but I remember I had. You remember the trend at the time, like you pulled up like one pants leg, and that was it. I don't know if it was a Midwest thing, but it like might have I
0: had, been because that we didn't do that. No, I didn't do that. <laughs> I don't think. think so. Don't
1: do okay, so I I graduated in grade school '93, which you know me and my wife we knew each other then, so we go way back. And then I graduated '97, so this probably was like maybe I graduated
0: 95. high school in '96.
1: Okay so um it didn't have to be with like jogging pants but like it's easier with jogging pants you just pull one random leg up and there you go i mean yeah, it could yeah. be a hip-hop thing too or a midwest <laughs> thing i don't know what it was anyhow i just strut the block do one lap my usual lap which is almost near that that uh, football field by by Wildcats, right? And then I'm I'm finally coming in. I'm literally closing in on the gangway where my house is, but it's just an apartment. It's like an apartment complex, like four apartments. Mm -hmm. This car just pulls up really fast, stops in the middle of the street. Two huge dudes come out. They start questioning. They start, you know, like kind of like threatening. I was like super ignorant, and I didn't know who they were. Like, it took me...
0: It wasn't obvious that they were cops?
1: No, it wasn't obvious. Like, I didn't hear any, uh, mm. you know, you know, any like Miranda Rice or nothing. I mean, I don't know. I didn't, so I didn't know, at that point. <laughs> yeah, they're basically narcos. Yeah, it was like an unmarked car. But um, the long and short of it is that they wanted to take me to another block that was like maybe two or three blocks away where a robbery happened. It was like in a mm. busy intersection. And I was like saying... I'm not going with you because I was just walking the block. Yeah. And then my, my ignorant ass, like to give credit to my dad. I'm like, you know what? My dad's coming here. He'll be here like in five, 10 minutes. Cause it's the same time he comes back from work every time he'll explain everything. He'll be fine. Yeah. And like, no, you're coming with us now. And like, I didn't want to go. I just shut down. So I just yeah. started like, I just started tussling with them and then like they socked me in the eye hmm. and then, I was like, all right, well, I guess I got to go with them. But then I was kind of crying because I was like, you know, a weak ass. So here I am, a nerd, you know, like <laughs> who never really got into a fight. And this is probably my first fight ever, probably. And then the neighbor runs out. He's like, what are you doing? He's like an honor student. Why are you bothering him? Right. Yeah. And then they're saying their dumb shit like, OK, we have to take him. He fits the bill. Let's go. And fortunately, that time lapse caused my dad to still show up. So he kind of went down in shutdown mode. Like, I don't want to say like he punked out, but he was kind of like shocked too of like, what's going on? Like, I know this thing.
0: Deference to the police officers, kind of.
1: Yeah. Like, why is my son handcuffed? Why has he got a black eye? Why is. I mean, it was swollen. It wasn't black at that point, right? But like, what's going on? Kid. Yeah. Yeah. And then they told him. And then basically, they made it seem like, okay, we got to go check this out right now, regardless. So him and me are in the back of the squad car. I'm cuffed up. He's back there with me because I want him to come with me, obviously. And mm-hmm. they weren't, you know, they weren't trying to detract us at that point. We go straight to the spot. Took less than five minutes to get there. Lady IDs me. I'm looking like I'm all shattered. Like I'm like tears. She
0: says you're the person. who
1: No, she says, no, that's not, that's not him. Okay. But me, I'm just looking all broken. Like, I, I felt like I was defeated. I felt like I was yeah. embarrassed. I felt like, what the fuck? Like, what's the point of this shit? It and shows then,
0: you how little power you have over your own life if somebody yeah. can just accuse you of something. Right. They'll beat you up when you're a kid.
1: That That's exactly it. So um, they, I don't think there's any words exchanged after she said, no, that's not the person. We were just dropped off and that was it. I think like maybe hours later, my dad was trying to finally get up off up. Like, you know, maybe we should do something. Maybe we should like file a claim. Maybe we should go at him. Yeah. And then now I was like, nah, just let it be. It's just, you know, we're fine, you know? Yeah. And I remember, I think in another, I think in that episode you were talking about, you filed a claim, right?
0: Yeah. And I, I had, I had, um, I got uh, added to a list of people who report cops.
1: Right. Right. Scary. <laughs> <sighs> Super scary. Yeah. So that's probably the most traumatic thing. There's another thing that wasn't as traumatic, but, um, that definitely like made it, made it like be known, like, okay, this is who you are. This is who you might be profiled as. And, you know, just, just look out whether you're dressing Grammy or not.
0: That's tough on like a mixed kid who, whose other side is white too, where you're just like, you know, it's, it's how you, it's why I think so many of us identify with whatever our Brown is, if we happen to be mixed with white is because. We don't ever get to just ride the like well if we have an appearance that is brown. We don't get to ride the the white wave if we need to. We don't get the white card to get us out of a situation, you know. Exactly. Um we just at the end of the day, we're always what brown, whatever that is. So it's it's a tough, it's a tough thing to deal with that kind of reality, especially as a kid. I mean, even a teenager, you're close to grown, but you're not grown. I mean, ha- halfway into your 20s, you're not grown. <laughs> you know, you think right. you are, but you're not. You don't have the tools to deal with this kind of heavy, super adult treatment.
1: No, exactly. And there was the other incident, which I won't go long-winded on this one, but it was when I was older. I want to say it was like either high school was done or it was early college years. Um, Me and my dad were working on... A car, basically, our friend, this story is going to sound really convoluted, but our friend wanted their radio kind of like removed because they wanted to put a new one in there. And my dad was tinkering around with like how to put car radios in and out. Mm -hmm. You know, I I feel like the car radio game isn't what it really is anymore because it was all like. People don't
0: care anymore like they don't soup up their, their that's what i'm saying cars. there's no Remember soup the in the alpines like <laughs> that you could take the face off and shit
1: yes thank you yeah my dad was all about that shit like get better speakers <laughs> not spend the, the money for it just find find a backdoor deal somehow put in the yeah, better shit. speakers put in the like the six tray cd thing wherever you can he had this thing about putting it underneath his seat because he felt mm-hmm. like he was clever that was big you know what I mean? And taking your face off in your little case and putting in your pocket or whatever, your backpack. But anyhow, we were trying to do that for our friend. And I want to say it was like New Year's Day or something because we were hanging out. And the cops come out. What are you all doing? What's going on here? Of course, the neighborhood was more, more white. Actually, this is where my wife lives and currently lives right now. So that I wasn't really like we weren't dating heavy at that time. So it was almost like, okay, who are you? We don't really know you. And then who, who is this guy? We were all dressed bummy because we didn't want to get our clothes dirty. And we were either like.
0: All of the this worst... checks out. You're working on a car, you're dressed uh-huh. bummy so that you don't get dirty.
1: You know, you know, and I, like real talk, like we were like the worst criminals ever because we were spending <laughs> hours on that damn car. We daylight. It... <laughs>
0: Seriously.
1: Yeah, it was daylight too. We couldn't get it out. So they handcuffed both of us and I'm like, hey, go to my, go, go to so-and-so's place, which is my wife's spot. Our friends are there. They own the car. The, the story to check out, you know, and they were trying to like push us aside and not listen to it. But eventually they, they, they buckled and then, yeah, they, they came out they qualified it of course you know our friends are white so (laughs) there's a shock on their face like what the hell's going on why are you and your dad handcuffed out here um and again i I went to that same mental space i just was i shut down like i feel like sometimes when i'm traumatized i either just like not do anything or like explode we
0: have a flight fight or freeze freeze response to to things like that and i i actually am also a freezer and i am so disappointed Myself about that like there's been a couple incidences of or where like it just so happened to be lucky that what triggered the freeze wasn't actually dangerous to me like a friend okay. jumping out and doing a prank or you know yep. stuff like that but um but there's been some traumatic experiences where i've discovered that i i freeze and as vocal as a person i am for that to happen it's just right it's upsetting to think like your whole, your own body will betray <sighs> you <laughs> in a moment of trauma, you
1: know? No, I totally, I could, uh, I totally can relate. I'm trying to show how pissed I am with my mean mugging, but yeah, <laughs> my body definitely shut down. But um, right. I, I guess those are just two incidents. Like I honestly can't fathom somebody who has to deal with that shit daily, monthly, yearly. Yeah. And you know, that's just- yeah, it's that's just par I mean, for the course for some folks.
0: And it's just not okay too that, that that's even I, I I think it's we we get into these places where we, we wanna ho- we we wanna hope and something will happen repeatedly that tells us hope is stupid. Don't do this, <laughs> don't do this to yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you still try like this is why I talk about like how angry I am about being a resilient. Brown person, you know, like okay. I shouldn't have to be resilient. If the world was right. better, I wouldn't have to be resilient. And yet it's a good thing that I am because otherwise, you know, I wouldn't be surviving, right? Um sure. the this is just a shitty aspect of like trying to figure out how to stay a good person, stay on. Core, like on the path of whatever it is that you're trying to do when the world outside of you actually has a little bit more control over what you can do and accomplish than than you might at some point. and those are like really rough days you yep. know it's not like it happens to you every day necessarily it might but like there's there's just sometimes these like significant events that teach you that you're not as in control of your situation as you think you are and it it just sucks <laughs> it sucks and yet here we are still trying <laughs> you know still trying to get through it
1: i agree so i know this this episode is about me but are you are you ever going to talk about that incident that happened to you or have you dived into it i have or?
0: talked about it um the, okay. well i have a few but that i've talked about on the show you know yeah. growing up in long beach like getting picked up by the cops on the way to school or yeah. loitering, but right. at the park, like we're <laughs> literally sitting on a bench at the park, but somehow that's loitering and we get, you know, picked up for it. Um, and they would take my black friends to Mexican neighborhoods to go get yep. beat up. And then they would drop me off at home because they couldn't identify what I was. And then my dad would open the door and they'd be like, <laughs> What's this black man opening the door for, um, <laughs> And then uh, the one with the with the one that has to do with the the um, being on the list is that I was rear ended on the freeway. And okay. the cop that came to assist happened to know the guy who hit me. And wow. um, when I asked for a police report, he told me no. And I said, well, I had never been in an accident before. And I was like, my my insurance won't let me you know, file a claim if I don't have this. And he said no. And by the third time of me asking, because I was getting really stressed out, he put his right. hand on his gun and he unclipped it. No so way. he didn't pull it out. He just unclipped the the thing. And then he put his hand on it and he told me to leave the scene. Um, well, technically my car was not drivable. I was able to drive it. But by the time I got to where like, I could take it to a shop, the shop was like, yeah. you drove this here. I'm like, I drove this two hours here because I was on the <sighs> way to Santa Cruz from Sacramento, which was a three hour drive. Yeah. And I just drove back to Sacramento to be with my, my family. Cause I was freaked out. And, yeah. um, Yeah. And so I reported the cop. My aunt actually reported the cop on my behalf. And then I, you know, had to, I was 25, so I had to finish the report. And then two years later, a friend of my husband's brother,
1: they were a cop, right?
0: They were a CHP and they they were like, Hey, Charmaine, did you ever have a report out against a police officer? Because he'd never seen my name before. um, And anybody else, I was the only Charmaine he'd ever met. So I stood out. And he told me about that list and, and that it was shared by all of the police enforcement. So sheriffs would see it, cops would see it and CHP. And so he told me um, if I'm ever being pulled over again to like pull over into the front of a grocery store where the doors open. Because it's a public space, you know, possibly cameras and stuff like that, too. Yeah. Uh, So that was scary to like find out from an incident (sighs) that had happened two years earlier that I was still sitting on the books (laughs) um, as a person that was, and, and, and just the fact of like, how illegal that is. Yeah. You know, a shared list of people who are reporting cops that aren't doing the right thing. Right. I was a 24 year old girl who had just been rear-ended and I was freaked out. I was probably dealing with a little bit of shock and I had a cop unclip his gun. Like, all the things that were bad. (laughs) Like, and that was like a tame incident in comparison to some of the stuff I saw growing up as a kid, but still as an adult, it was scary. You know, it was scary. Um, But I, we are getting a little bit close to the end of this thing. Mm. I I know we could probably go on forever, but I do like to ask, and I know, you know, because you listen, um, (laughs) all my guests, what do they love most about being mixed? So now it's your turn.
1: Well, I was trying to figure out how do I want to address this. I, I think I love like the mixed words, the hybrid words that kind of happen, whether it's mixed people coming up with them or not.
0: I love those too. They're so fun. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, like on our on our and Levens episodes, we were talking about like Kamala, right? And I think her stepkids call her Mamala. Yeah, Mamula. And I, I want to say that's a product of being mixed, right? Because they were talking to a mixed person and that's the the nickname they gave her um blurred i honestly didn't know what that word was i i I, i'm your stalker i was checking out your pod i was telling you a a main when you posting that wonder woman soul episode i got real talk like i had to look up blurred i didn't know what that word was and again like I, i i love i love it you know black nerd that's that's amazing and you know, blazian of course. I mean, there's, there's countless ones. And, and again, like, it's not always from a mixed place, but my mixed mind brain starts spinning. Like I, I remember as a, as a youngling, <laughs> my favorite crayon out of the crayon box was blue green, mm-hmm. like real, like facts, like blue green was my favorite color. Like I would, I would go straight to that crayon and just go to town with it whenever I could. Like, I don't know what it was. It, it wasn't blue. It wasn't green. It had to be blue green. It's not, it's, it's not like turquoise. It's not baby blue. Yeah. Like, there's a certain color that it does. And I, I I have to, I have to think that that was because I was mixed. I don't know. Yeah.
0: It's weird how, like, mixedness in weird places just ends up being a thing. Like, it's real dumb in some places uh, where you'll do, like, you know, you're making a cake and you see it go from, like, two solid colors to a mixed color. You know, like, little yep. things like that just are these weird little jolts. And, you know, like you, I also like a hybrid name, Um Filiblino was one i learned this year when i had a
1: Filiblino.
0: Black- <laughs> um shout out to jay he's he's a black okay. Filipino, and uh and uh yeah he that's the the word he used uh chimacan chinese jamaican
1: nice
0: i call my husband half a Bic because it's
1: <laughs> right, um, right or i'll
0: call him a half Palestinian because <laughs> palestinian um You know, like there's, it's just as fun for me, it's fun. It's just like this way of showing that. um, I think it's our way of showing that we're a whole, even though people want to say, oh, you're half Filipino, right? You're half, you know, white or whatever the the thing is. And I was like, it got me. I had to get to do this show for me to stop saying I was half or, you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. like I'm mixed, but that doesn't, I'm, I'm extra. I'm not, I'm not less of each. I'm extra. I I always,
1: I always love how you sprinkle your articulation (laughs) because I honestly, the, I think the explanation for me is that I love puns. I was never sent to the penitentiary, but I was sent to the penitentiary plenty of times. (laughs) Now there's a place um, that I never been to, but it's probably like a couple miles from here called Taco Rio see what just happened the there
0: octo- As like the, ah, the korea.
1: octopus yeah no i mean like taco in korea but I don't oh, know. okay
0: because yeah. i was thinking of japanese word for octopus is taco
1: oh okay that's crazy <laughs> that's even crazier now look at that it mixed mine, just mixing it is. all up <laughs> mixing that's them cute. all up for sure but i i want to say that I I need to feel better about my dad jokes. I have two kids. For some reason once I became a dad, they became dad jokes. I was telling bad jokes for years, for years. <laughs> I don't know. My husband
0: why. does not have children and he's been <laughs> on that dad joke kick for years, so it's fine. <laughs>
1: For shadow. And I, I, I don't think this is necessarily a hybrid word, but I wanted to tell you the many origins of the group that I collaborated with. So I, I had the solo record last year, but before that, the album with the group, which is just me, my guy, really, it's called Daywalkers and is based off of Blade. And I remember when he shot me the group name um, thought he's like, hey, what do you think about Daywalkers? So I'm like, yeah, sounds cool. And then like months later, he finally told me what the origin of it is. And he basically says, since blade is a hybrid yeah, and we're both mixed kids. Like, I felt like this is kind of like, you know, a microcosm of what we are and what type of music we can create, you know? Yeah. But, um,
0: that's cool. Yeah.
1: <laughs> let's, let's mix it up whenever we can.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, why don't you let everybody know how to find your show, your music, all the things that you want to shout out.
1: Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah. Um, Check out squeezing lemons on any of the squeezin podcasts. Squeezing with an
0: N apostrophe.
1: Squeezin'. N apostrophe. Thank you. Squeezing, because we like to misspell squeezing or we like to remove the G. Um, even though we G's and Ginger is a G too. But um yeah, check that out on um, the uh, the social, the um, sorry, the this the podcast platforms. I also do um, a hip hop um, podcast. We to go full on dad joke, um, it's not <laughs> hip hop heads, which is my co-host Novak wanted to do because it's already been claimed for years now. Wow. I'm like, hey man, how about hip pod heads? There you go. P-O-D, H-E-D-Z, well and we're done, both dads too. So well
0: done.
2: <laughs> thank
1: you. So <laughs> we've we've been we've been kicking that show around for a bit. Our latest episode, we were talking about um Actually, one of the guys from Daywalkers, he 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 was talking about his guilty pleasure MCs. So just some of the the cats that he really enjoyed, and then last another podcast because you know podcasts are like tattoos from what I hear. You get yeah. one, you got to keep getting them, get more. Yeah, um, I have
0: three technically. One's on hiatus, but I'll get back to it eventually. And I have like four in the pocket. I'm just waiting nice. for money. Like I just need money. That's it.
1: Dig it, dig it. Um, the Retro Recap podcast that's also on um apple and uh, uh spotify it's basically me my wife and my two kids just talking about retro stuff so <laughs> <That's> <laughs> we talked about space balls we talked nice. about bill and ted we talked about punch out the game just you know fun just some geek stuff
0: <laughs> that's cute oh did you did you shout out your spotify for your music your your album
1: yeah yeah the, the album is definitely out on all the platforms um spotify apple amazon um it's called Daywalkers presents no sage chronicles okay. and um the website where you can find all the all the places to stream it is uh nativestranger.com <laughs> nativestranger.com and you know i actually i had another voicemail here for you <laughs> I, I I think I think I was waiting for it to come in. I I didn't know. I was crossing my fingers that I was going to get it. <laughs> Are we running long or should I actually? You play go ahead. it. Okay, let's see. Let's see if I got it here. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to dig this one up, but let's let's pray this works. Okay. Hey there, man. This is uh POTUS number 44. Or well, Michelle likes to call me. Love POTUS number 44. <laughs> I know you're the uh, busiest mixed race, bisexual, polyamorous, atheist, comic book, neurocat mom, mass-making, golf coast, cosmos-owning, and podcaster, award winning podcasting, this podcasting game, but please do not make fun of my dance moves. I heard you were talking about me and how, uh, I don't know, how awkward my dance moves could be. (laughs) Sasha Malia shows me how to make a turn any single day of the week, so... Please take that back but keep doing your thing.
0: <laughs> He's on the list. I'm trying I'd love to be able to get a chance to record with let's, uh, let's, Love Potus 44.
1: <laughs> let's let's make it happen. We're trying to make everything happen. Your wish will come true. Just just granted. I not mean, like not a like Chicago
0: Connection so No, you know. You
1: know. You know <laughs> dig it. But unlike Wonder Woman, you do not have to give up anything to get this wish. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, speaking of which, let me let me shove this in. So you and your boy, Blurred Vision, were talking about the Filipino kid. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't think Filipino when they showed Pedro Pascal's kid character in that movie. But the funny joke that me and my wife had was I was like, you know what? You used to look like that <laughs> because the funny thing was that they called her a Chinese baby a bunch because her mom had this thing that she had to shave her head. Mm. I guess, you know, like the old wives tale about if you shave it or grow longer. Yeah. And look at you, you shaved yours, right? So it's coming back.
0: I'm growing, I'm growing it back. My hair texture has changed a little bit too. So it's a whole exploration.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, we did see the Asian element in that kid, but i swear
0: like i have no evidence that that kid is necessarily filipino it's just that i saw him and he looked so much like the kids i grew up around that were filipino i was like why does Pedro pascal got an inexplicably (laughs) filipino kid like can we get a picture of the kid's mom so that the mixed kids could be like yo there's one of us on the screen right yeah
1: That's how it, that's how it goes sometimes.
0: That's funny. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and finally being one of the militantly mixed cousins. I had so much fun when I was talking to y'all on on your show on the Squeeze and Lemons podcast, and especially because you're the only person who has has ever dropped the mixed race bisexual polyamorous <laughs> atheist comic book nerd cat mom without without hiccuping a little bit. So it was dope. I, I really appreciated that. I felt like that was a little gift for me. So I, I enjoyed it. Thank you so much for doing that. <laughs>
1: Anytime I'm here for you, <laughs> I appreciate you. Thank you, Charmaine. It's been awesome, it's been amazing. Awesome. And, uh, <laughs> we, we fam now. Family, we fam.
0: Military Mix is a main hustle media podcast produced and hosted by me, Charmaine Fury. Music is by David Bogan, The One. You can follow us on social media on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Militantly Mixed. If you'd like to become a sponsor of Militantly Mixed, please go to patreon.com slash militantlymixed for monthly sponsorship or paypal.me slash militantlymixed for a one-time-only donation. And if you like what you hear on Militantly Mixed, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget... To be your mixed ass self. Main Hustle Media, turn your side hustle into your main hustle.